everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. This week, I have another awesome conversation for you with the host of the podcast, The Terrifying Tomes of Terror, Chance Forshee. Helming from Kentucky, he told me how he got into horror movies and horror books, why he started his podcast, and who his favorite horror writers are. He also tells me about the unexplained, mysterious phone call he got after seeing The Ring in theaters, and why he had such a good time seeing Freddy vs. Jason in theaters back in the day. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could rate, take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you so much to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Chance Forshee. Hey, Chance, how are you? Hey, I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How is everything going on over in your neck of the woods? It is just fine. Like we were just saying, we are getting some rain right now here in New York City. So I'm glad to be inside. Yeah, New York City. Well, uh, I am down here in Kentucky land. (laughs) And down in Kentucky, we had a couple of days of decent weather. And we are back up into the heat waves. So I have fiddled with many dials on my microphone (laughs) to make it where you cannot hear the air conditioner behind me. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you for being here. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself to start? Uh, Sure. Yeah. So I am Chance Forshing. A lot of people will know me as the curator of horror. That's my handle on Twitter. I work at a Barnes & Noble, but I also go out of my way to carry independent and marginalized voices in my store. People who have never been in a bookstore or in a Barnes and Noble have landed themselves into my store thanks to me just reaching out and finding people to put in there. So I like doing that. I also have my own podcast, The Terrifying Tomes of Terror, which you can find anywhere and everywhere. It's all over the place. Where I talk to horror authors about their books and everything else, but... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a huge horror fan, have been my whole life, and here now as I edge up on 40, I have finally realized that the thing I'm supposed to be doing is selling horror books to people, which, yeah, hey, it's a good problem. Yeah, Awesome. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I mean, that's a big question, right? Like, if I have to go for like my all-time favorite horror movie, and this may give me some backlash, I'm probably gonna say Cabin in the Woods. That's a solid pick. I don't know why you'd get backlash for that. Well, I just because it's more <laughs> modern, you know, yeah. it doesn't have the pedigree of of some of the others. But Cabin in the Woods, in my opinion, is one of those perfect films in that it it, it picks at the tropes that created the horror genre while being a film <laughs> that follows all of those same tropes. It's, it's impressive how they put that together. Yeah, I love me some Cabin in the Woods, but I just dig some comedy horror in general. But Cabin in the Woods, I feel like, had that right balance of genuine terror and then also 
quasi slapstick comedy. <laughs> yes. I do remember seeing that in theaters. And then I watched it again for the first time at the beginning of the pandemic, actually. Because I did not get at all what they were trying to do with the movie when I saw it when I was like 16, 17. So right. I was trying to watch it from a new perspective. So it's an impressive, impressive feat, especially that it, it lived under, I mean, underwater for so many years before they released yeah. it, you know? Oh, really? Like, it... Yeah, they, they shot that film years before it actually came out. Oh, wow. It was, they shot it like two or three years before Hemsworth was Thor. Mm. And then after he was Thor, they were like, oh, hey, that guy just did a big Marvel movie. We can release this horror movie now and advertise him as the lead. And it's like, yeah, but he also bites it through a force field halfway through the movie. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know. <sighs> oh, awesome. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a lifelong fan. The, the first real experience I can remember having with horror was being, and I'm talking young, like four to five years old. And someone was watching The Fly on VHS or Betamax. I mean, it was that era. I don't know. <laughs> it could have been either. It could, I mean, we're talking like 1989, 1990. So... <laughs> Someone was watching The Fly and had left me unattended. And I was also watching The Fly. <laughs> and yeah, like Brundlefly, the, 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 the body horror transformation, the Cronenberg of it all. That just clicked. And I mean, I remember, I remember being devastated watching The Fly 2 because my mom was pregnant at the time. And I was just certain that she was going to die. When she gave birth to my younger sister, which actually my younger sister just had her third kid yesterday. So, oh, congrats. Uh, <laughs> so obviously that didn't happen. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really. I I walked into a room where someone was watching The Fly, <laughs> and I was way too young for it, and it really just set the tone. But I mean, I remember reading The Shining, the book, around the time that The Shining TV show was happening on ABC so that would have been 96 97 mm. so you're uh, like 10 <laughs> yeah exactly I was like 10 years old 11 years old reading The Shining I remember reading Frankenstein before that so I was always a spooky kid <laughs> those are the best kinds of kids so mm. <laughs> yeah I until they start like talking to you I've been watching all of Mike Flanagan stuff Again, the uh, last few days, because I've got, I'm interviewing Jamie Flanagan next week and rewatching Bly Manor and Hill House. And I'm just like, kids are fucking creepy, man. Uh, <laughs> like, they're, I don't, they're the worst. I am glad I don't have any. I can't, I couldn't deal with like walking into a room and my kid like looking past me as I ask them something. No, no, no. That's not cool. <laughs> I can't believe you're putting yourself through watching the house the house on haunted hill again or the haunting of hell house that was rough yeah the the bent neck lady going back yeah. through that again that's it's tough it's really tough like knowing it you know and and going back from the beginning and knowing that's no story my wife had never seen it somehow 
So mm. yesterday, my wife and I watched the entirety of <gasps> Hill House. Oh my goodness. And you're still standing. Oh I'm still standing. And I had, wow. re- I had watched the entirety of Bly like the day before. Oh God. And then we on Easter, yeah, Easter this year, we watched all of Midnight Mass. Oh my goodness. Somebody needs to throw you a parade for surviving that. <laughs> True American hero right here. Is your wife a horror fan? Yeah, she's she's a horror like film and television fan. I cannot get her to read a horror book. Yeah, which that was, sounds like me. So yeah, which with my whole shtick is kind of a not a negative. I mean, she can like whatever she wants to like, but yeah, it, it definitely is like. But like, what I do is horror books. <laughs> like, I, that's all I talk <laughs> yeah. about. That's all I read. Like, I want to talk about them with people. But I am grateful that she she likes horror films and television because my other main passion is wrestling and I cannot get her to like wrestling so <laughs> I I definitely empathize with her on that so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre I think it's an escapism I think that horror um at least, at least in my perspective horror is something that lives outside the mainstream so a lot of people don't tend to even look at it or think about it but the real world is so much worse (laughs) than what any horror movie is going to give to us so I think a lot of people like to be able to turn their brain off and look at these weird alternate versions of the world in horror and not have to think about the real life horror that's actually occurring around us. At least in, in terms for me, like that's how I feel. Like I'd, I'd much rather read a dozen terrifying novellas of different descriptions than read the news for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. The news is a pretty bleak place to be yeah. nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite subgenre in horror? Ooh, that's a good question. Are we talking? Yeah, okay. I mean, films or books. I guess it really matters. Films. Let's let's say films. Films. Okay. So, favorite subgenre and horror films. I would probably have to go with found footage. Nice. What are your favorite found footage movies? I mean, wreck. Uh, is definitely gonna is gonna be up there. Best in VHS 1984, um, 100% are in there. While the first Cloverfield was a little wonky, I felt I thought the the follow up sequel, the Cloverfield. Oh, and I'm blanking on the name of it. Ten Cloverfield it was, Lane. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> but it that's, wasn't found footage. I know it wasn't found footage, but it still felt like it was. You know what I mean? It had that vibe. It had that genre of all, all it would have taken was a little shaky cam. <laughs> like it had, yeah. it had that feel. But yeah, those are the FMB up there. Uh, Blair Witch Project obviously set the tone for the found yeah. footage <laughs> renaissance, which my mother's maiden name is Blair. Oh. And I grew up on a farm that had like a hundred acres of woodland. <laughs> oh God, that's terrifying. Yeah. So <laughs> we saw Blair Witch Project 
And then after my mom went to bed, I went outside and I got twigs and I made the little (laughs) sigil and I made the pile of rocks. (laughs) I hung it in front of her door and the next day it was gone and we never talked about it, but (laughs) she was mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember going to see the Blair Witch Project in theaters when it first came out when I was 13. Um, and I, I wanted it to be so scary. And I remember not being scared of, of it at all. And the adult who took my best friend and I, she was freaked out. She yeah. like screamed when her husband snuck up behind her the next day. So, <laughs> I, was like, oh, I mean, well. for me, something like the ring was way scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, definitely. The ring messed me up. Like, <laughs> and I will openly admit, like, because I also had some dipshits that, and it was weird. Okay, so the girlfriend that I had at the time, Johanna, we went and saw the ring, but it was a last minute thing. And this is, you know, I mean, the ring came out, what, 2002? 2002. So this is pre, like, everyone having a cell phone yeah. kind of era. So, and I was in, I was still in high school. And so we went and saw the movie, and then Johanna dropped me off at home. And she was going to call me when she got home. But she lived about 15 minutes away. So she dropped me off at home. I went back to my mom's room to be like, hey, I'm home, whatever. And the phone rang. <laughs> Way too fast mm. to have been Johanna. Yeah. So I picked up the phone. And all I heard was seven days. <laughs> and I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out because the phone said seven days. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I don't know who saw me. And I, to this day, I still have no idea who made that phone call. Oh, my uh, goodness. That's so creepy. That's amazing. Yeah. No one ever came forward. Um, and then I had, like, the weird stuff, you know, like, I had a random nosebleed, like, three days later, which, you know, but it was, like, things were dry. It was totally normal to get yeah. a nosebleed. But, yeah, I had a nosebleed. <laughs> uh, the, the teacher went on to put on the movie for the class and it was just static and it was all within like the week of me watching the ring and I was just like I'm gonna die this is how I die (laughs) oh wow yeah the ring is like my number one favorite horror movie so I love it It, and it's only PG-13 I always always bring that up yeah amazing. wild how it's PG-13 I know it's so good it's so good (laughs) so do you have any favorite horror directors I mean, other than Mike Flanagan, who I will espouse from here to the end of time <laughs> beyond his television series, but also I mean, Oculus, Gerald's Game, Dr. Sleep. I mean, that's an unenviable task, right? Yeah. Like doing Dr. Sleep, you have to make a sequel to the book and the film. <laughs> like that's, that's, a, that's <laughs> a tall, tall order and all the credit in the world. For him pulling that off. Beyond him, I mean, Sam Raimi, obviously. Evil Dead was a big, big thing for me growing up and determining my style of horror that I like. Or I like it a little campy and a little scary. (laughs) So I definitely think Sam Raimi was a big part of that. I mean, there's, there's, the other, the other is going to be a basic, but it's Carpenter. Uh, and also because like where I live, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Carpenter used to live here. Where ba- like yeah. Hattonville, Illinois, is based off of Bowling Green. Oh, cool! So we're like I get that classic horror pedigree. 
Yes. Well, there's a reason he is a legend. So Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Maybe Edgar Wright in there more for like Shaun of the Dead, but mm-hmm. you know. So like you said, you host a podcast called The Terrifying Tombs of Terror. Yes. Tell me what it's about and how you came up with the idea for it. So yeah, Terrifying Tomes of Terror kind of just this just, just kind of sprang up. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, ideas just happen that way sometimes. So the fresh year started, 2022. I'd been doing Twitch streaming for a while um, as a form of content creation. And I had uh, I got promoted at my job. I work as a lead bookseller at a Barnes & Noble. I'm in charge of the horror section, the mystery and thriller section, and the true crime section, as well as all like new books, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So all of that's in my purview. And... I was like, okay, well, you know, I want to do something that I'm passionate about uh, in terms of content creation. So I want to do something that involves horror. I want to do something that involves books. I want to do something that involves horror books. And, and so my original idea was actually kind of like a booktuber, book talker kind of thing, right? Where I just, you know, grab a random book, you know, we need to do something. And I, I do a bit about it. And that was my original thought. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to message some authors and see if they're down. And no one has said no. So now <laughs> that's turned into a publisher's messaging me and, and setting up interviews for their own, like, uh, books that are coming out and i mean i i what i've what i'm recording in the next week week and a half i've got enough content to get me through august wow which is great (laughs) i like that but holy shit so yeah essentially though i talk to authors about their books uh i haven't kind of pitched the book but really you know if we have an hour and a half episode hour or two hour episode 20% 20% of that is talking about the book. The rest of it is just talking. Talking horror, talking, you know, this month, especially, we're recording this in June, queer culture, queer icons, queer representation, you know, just the things that we want to talk about. And then, you know, I, I loop it back to the book as I can. But I just like to have a really casual conversation. I My editor described it as, you know, double people, having beers, talking horror. And (laughs) I I love that description because that's absolutely the vibe I was going for. That's super cool. What episodes do you have coming up that you can talk about? Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. So as of the day that we're recording this, Eric LaRocca's episode is live where I talk to Eric about their upcoming novella, We Can Never Leave This Place. We did like an, we we recorded for two plus hours. I cut it to an hour forty five minutes, and it was wow. it was it was a cut that hurt my heart. But I saved all of that. That's that's stuff that I can save for a a different day. But Eric's episode was very special. I would say Nat Edwards, T C Parker, her episode, which came out last week, is probably the most funny and most charming episode <laughs> that I have put forth so far. Nat is hilarious, and I had so, 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 so much fun talking to her. 
tomorrow morning, I am in- interviewing Allie Wilkes. Oh, yeah. I've had her on. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, wait, excited. no, 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 no. I'm thinking of Allie Mal- Malinenko. Never mind. Oh, Sorry. oh uh, well, I, I may... Yes, that's a different Allie, but <laughs> I am planning on having her on later this year. <laughs> but no, I'm talking about Allie, all the white spaces, Allie. Yes. Yeah. my finger. I feel like a weatherman. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all the white spaces, which is an Arctic horror novel set at the end of World War One, with a trans protagonist. It is a lovely horror book. So I'm talking to her tomorrow morning. I've got Tanya Ransom. Oh, I've got so many <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Ones I'm really excited about are Nat Cassidy has Mary, an Awakening of Terror that's coming out. But I'll have him on. Brian McCauley in October. Oh, yeah, he's great. Oh, I love Brian <laughs> so much. But his Curse of the Reaper is yes. such a perfect Hollywood horror book. I absolutely adored it. He'll be on in October for that. Clay McLeod Chapman is coming on again which will be his third time on the podcast. <laughs> but he's going to come on for September to promote Ghost Eaters, which is the best horror book I have read. And you know what? Let me rephrase. I mean, the best horror book, the best book I have read in like two years. Hmm. That, that's high praise. I mean, and I will stand by it. <laughs> it's an <laughs> absolutely stunning piece of fiction. Nice. Very cool. Have you read the book, The Last House on Needless Street? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. You did. I you liked loved it. it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I loved it. Catriona Ward blew my brain away <laughs> with that book. I remember talking to my wife as I was getting to different points in it and being like, this book has a cat protagonist. And she's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, the cat's a protagonist. We, we get cat point of view. And she's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely adored that book. I have not read Sundial yet, but it is on the TBR and I hope to get to it very, very soon. Very cool. I was trying. I had heard that there was like a twist in The Last House on Needless Street. So the entire time I was reading it, I was trying to figure out what the twist is. I was a little bit kind of right, but I think I think reading that book sort of broke my brain yeah but yeah i i didn't know any i, I went into it blind right i had no yeah. idea other than i had seen the cover and i was like oh that's a spooky cover i'll <laughs> read that and i was blown away <laughs> like that's that book so good and i've recommended it to so many people and it's been it's been about half and half of yeah. people that come back and they're like that was great and people that are come back and they're like, what the fuck did you tell me to read? Which for a book like that, I feel like it's pretty fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you you held up a copy of We Need to Do Something. Is that the book that the movie that was on Hulu is based on? Yes. Yes. Max okay. Booth wrote the novella We Need to Do Something. He was also on set when they were actually oh, making cool. the film. I recorded my interview with Max for his book Maggot Screaming, which is somewhere around here i've got like piles of books next to me from where i film my podcast yeah maggot screaming which is a really fun like not quite zombie read but in that kind of vein but very humorous very cartoony (laughs) but yeah max wrote that and then the film came from there yeah what did you think of the film 
I really liked it, which I watched the film before I read the novel, like, read the novella, and before I knew who Max was. Just one of those things I was looking for something to watch, and hey, here's a new horror movie on Hulu. And so I watched it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Not, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> Wasn't what I got, whatever it was. But I like that. I know a lot of people were mad about the ending, and Max even makes fun of that in Maggot Screaming, mm. where characters talk about the movie, and like, <laughs> that ending sucked. Oh, it just ended out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> but I, I liked that. I thought that was a, a, a clever clever thing to do because Stephen King does the same thing where he talks about you know the film adaptations of his books and his movie or in his books so (laughs) that's cool who would you say are your favorite horror authors oh Clay McLeod Chapman is gonna go is gonna be my number one right now Uh, just because like I said Ghost Eaters comes out in September it's the best thing I've read in years Clay really tapped into something special in that one, I feel. But also his books, The Remaking and Whisper Down the Lane, are also just spectacular horror reads. Beyond Clay, I mean, Stephen Graham Jones. I, there has not been a single thing that I've read from Stephen that I haven't been a huge fan of. I've already had the opportunity to read don't fear the reaper which doesn't come out till february i got the the advanced reader copy of that and it's just as good as my heart is a chainsaw so if you're a slasher fan there's just one more love letter to that genre waiting for you in february (laughs) beyond that i mean at least as far as currently writing grady hendrix Grady's next book, How to Sell a Haunted House, that also got pushed the next year. But his book, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, was my favorite book of 2020. Nice. Screenwriters, I would definitely throw Jamie Flanagan up in there. Jamie has worked for, you know, worked with his brother Mike on Bly Manor and Midnight Mass and Midnight Club and uh, follow the house of usher <laughs> he's <laughs> he's worked with his brother on some incredible stuff they went they, they won the bram stoker award oh cool i didn't like, know that yeah they won the bram stoker award for episode six of midnight mass oh wow is that the one no i'm thinking of bly manor where they keep going back like rewinding and doing the same scene over and over yeah i know that's Bly. yeah Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which oh whoa, fantastic! <laughs> like I and I just rewatched like like I said I'm I'm recording an episode with Jamie and Becca Klingle next week, so I went back because my wife and I had just rewatched Midnight Mass and now I'm rewatch I rewatched Bly and now I rewatched Chill House, so I'm kind of mentally back in that state to be able to talk to them about the decisions they made. But holy yeah. shit. I also don't recommend watching all of those in a very oh, yeah, no. recent <laughs> phenomenon. Like, ugh. So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I, th- I think it goes back to the escape. <laughs> I think it goes back to um, we've read The Stand. <laughs> you know, like, 
or we've seen the stand we've seen 28 days later we've seen all of these viral contagion (laughs) horror films and books and so when they're like stay inside we're like yeah probably that's probably a good idea (laughs) like i i think if we go outside it's probably gonna get bad (laughs) <laughs> but then everyone stayed inside and they wrote really fucked up horror stuff because they were locked in their own homes, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and and gave me more than a few ideas my own self. But yeah, I think horror fans did better in quarantine because we see what getting out of quarantine will do to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. So do you write any horror yourself? Yes. Okay, yes, with a big old asterisk. So I have nothing that's published. I've got a horror Western that I've been working off and on on for a year or so. And recently, I I, not shelved, but I just kind of set it aside because it had gotten to the point, you know, 20,000 words, bleak, just bleak, (laughs) just dark. And to get into the headspace to work on that project was not something I was, I had the the spoons to give, you know what I mean? So I've had to kind of, let's move you over here. Yeah. But I had a fantastic idea about a ska band fighting (laughs) empires. And that's that's definitely been a much more productive (laughs) project for me. Oh yeah, I am I am deep into outlining mode, about to actually get into first draft mode on the ska horror book. So yeah. I we're working on writing my own horror. Yeah, the ska band, they they fight vampires in a uh, rundown Chinese restaurant. But yeah, it's just a much more exciting thing <laughs> to write than than a bleak Mormon Lovecraftian Western, which I was <laughs> writing which still I want to finish and I have many ideas for, but I have just be in the headspace for it. So this one is just a lot more fun. It's silly. It's more Mm Scooby-Doo. So it's just a lot more, I don't know, fantastical, zany. But yeah, it's like, it's R-rated Scooby-Doo, but it's Ska and they're fighting monsters. (laughs) Like, I just feel like that's a lot of fun. (laughs) Nice. I'm just imagining the offspring fighting monsters. The comp, the comp I used was like Green Room meets Idle Hands <laughs> by way of From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, okay, cool. That's, so, that's definitely a vibe. Oh, for sure a vibe, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, something I'm playing around with and we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But <laughs> Awesome. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. So we're actually recording this tonight on the summer solstice on June 21st. Yes. What are your feelings on Midsommar? You're going to watch it. I'm going to go watch it after we're done here. So. Oh, damn. I hadn't even thought about rewatching <laughs> it until you brought that up. I, I dig that movie. I mean, I probably like, I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't know which one I like better. Between Midsommar and Hereditary? Yeah. Yeah, I they're, they're like, very different. So they're very different. <laughs> I probably like Hereditary better. Yeah. It's more my vibe. Mm-hmm. But Midsummer was good, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good horror. 
especially with them doing it like out in the open and in the sunlight you know yeah. there's very few horror films that show you the horror in the daylight yeah, yeah. so I can definitely appreciate that. It's kind of like Psycho Goreman is mostly in the daytime. And I can <laughs> yeah. appreciate that about it. Like, it's something about being able to show off your practical effects in natural light <laughs> that I think is very appealing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Midsummer. I, I hadn't thought about uh, rewatching <laughs> it, but damn, I might have to. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube review about the movie Watcher that just came out recently, and she remarked how a lot of it does take place in the daylight. So that was interesting that you bring that up, too. Yeah, I mean, one of my best friends brought up when I was kind of pitching him my ska project, like Sunset Overdrive, the <laughs> Xbox One game, where it's all, all during daytime. It's very bright. It's very colorful. But you're also popping heads and you know, doing gruesome kills, but it's set to a much more positive, like, <laughs> SoCal atmosphere. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like it's a good vibe. You mentioned that you live in Kentucky. Have you ever been to any haunted places in Kentucky? So, yes, I will say. So, obviously, one of the most famous haunted places in Kentucky is going to be Waverly Hills Sanitarium up in Louisville which is where it used to be a TB hospital. And so it's become one of the most haunted places in America kind of joints. I went there. It was spooky just because of what it is, but I didn't see anything. Are you a skeptic? Uh, yeah, I'm a skeptic. But that, doesn't, that, that being said, I have seen things. What have you seen? Uh, okay, so I, when I was a kid, I went to a place called Camp Curry which was a summer camp for kids, very wet, hot American summer, <laughs> where we, you know, they just they just packed us all up in a bunch of buses and shipped us off this joint for two weeks, whatever it was, where we all stayed in cabins. And so, like, you know, you walk into a cabin, and it's like bunk beds, bunk beds, bunk beds, bunk beds, bunk beds, bunk beds, bunk beds you know, the whole way around, right? And it's pretty pretty wide deal. Mm -hmm. And I was on the top bunk, and they, they wanted this whole thing where they wanted us to make our beds. So I was just sleeping in my sleeping bag, right? But it was hot. So I had my sleeping bag completely unzipped to like be a blanket. Mm -hmm. And I wake up in the middle of the night and my sleeping bag has fallen off the bed. So, and I'm on the top bunk. So it's all the way down there. So I roll over and I look and there's a kid and I'm, Here's my bed, and then there's one more bed, and it's the corner. So it's like corner bed, middle bed. So this middle bed is, I look down on the bottom bunk, this kid's sitting there. Just, just sitting. Just sitting, staring straight forward. And, you know, I don't know what time it is, but it's late. And I'm like, hey, can you pass me my sleeping bag? It fell off the bunk. And he turns and just looks at me. Doesn't say anything, doesn't move, just turns and looks. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I slide off the bunk, grab the sleeping bag, throw it back up top, climb back up, and then look over to like tell the kid, like, fuck you, thanks for your help. Gone. Uh. No one there. Oh. 
not not a soul and then i brought it up the next day at like two other campers like who who sleeps there and they're like no one sleeps there it's hmm. like there was a kid there uh so yeah i've, I've got that one and then I mean, I, I went to prom in a cave, so I heard things down there, but I don't necessarily know that, like, it's haunted or just, it's a cave, man, and things yeah. sound weird down in a cave. But I did have a scary sleep paralysis incident that I am not, 100% is not supernatural. <laughs> oh, I hear that that's terrifying. My boyfriend has those, and I yeah. wake him up from them every now and then, so. Which terrible. is also very, very Hill House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not cool yeah oh god how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're just hanging out and looking for something to watch you know with that it's it's really just a it's just a mood situation for me sometimes i'll rewatch something i've seen a hundred times uh or sometimes i'll see the synopsis for something i'm like that sounds stupid as fuck (laughs) i have to watch it like, that's how I watched Velocipaster. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I was scrolling and I'm like, wait, what? This exists. What, is, what, is, what does this say? Yes, I will be watching this. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, that was absolutely terrible. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, can, I dig on some absolutely terrible horror. So, yeah, it kind of depends. Like, I watched Mad God this morning. I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, I watched that this morning just based on what I'd seen people talking on Twitter. I don't really have much of an opinion on it. Not that that's, that it's not good or bad. It's just, I don't think I'm intelligent enough to tell you what the plot was. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> if there was one, I assume there was one. Mm-hmm. I'm just not avant-garde <laughs> enough to be able to explain it. But it did remind me a lot of the Little Nightmares games. Mm, okay, I'm not familiar with uh, that. Yeah, so Little Nightmares where you, you, you play, it, they, they almost have like a stop motion kind of look to them. But you play as this tiny little person, and it's like a platformer. So you play as this tiny little person, and there's giant monsters trying to stop you the whole way. <laughs> and they, they do terrifying things, and they can stretch the limbs and whatever else. So this reminded me of that, but there's like, there's no dialogue Mm. in this movie, just like babies crying is the majority of it, which is creepy in and of itself. Yeah. Well, if you like movies with no dialogue, have you seen Willy's Wonderland? Oh yeah. With Nick Cage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I did dig that, but I'm also a sucker for Nick Cage. I mean, who isn't? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think that Color Out of Space. I haven't is... seen that. It's been on my watch oh, list for forever. You should watch it. In my opinion, it is the best Lovecraft adaptation that has ever been made. Mm, okay. Good to know. And I'm a big, I'm a big Lovecraft fan, so okay. I'm, I, I absolutely adored it. But also, I loved Mandy. I uh, that's on my watch list too. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Oh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage at this point in his career is just like I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, he I'm made he made a movie it. where he was playing himself, so he just yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Dracula three thousand. How come? 
it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. There is no redeeming quality about it. It's not even one of those, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. It is just a genuinely terrible film. And it had like Erica Olaniac and Coolio. <laughs> like somehow, I mean, because we're talking, you know, early 2000s. And the cover art was gorgeous. The cover art was like H.R. Geiger inspired. Uh, and the tagline was, in space, there is no daylight. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a pretty clever idea for a vampire. And I swear to God, the vampire that they used was in a Bella Lugosi costume. <laughs> Like, I'm talking red ribbon with the amulets and the blur. Like, <laughs> I want to suck your blood. Like, they went as campy as they could get with him. But it's meant to be the future. And then the movie just ends. Like, mm. the ship blows up and everything's done. And I still, I swear to this day, that the producers showed up on set and they were like, absolutely not end it now. Like, <laughs> that's... We're not paying another dime for this. End it right now. It's like, but we still have this many pages of script and it's like, blow up the ship. And so the ship just blows up and the movie ends. And there's no resolution to anything. There's no, it is the worst movie. Okay, good Good to know. I will. I recommend you watch it if you do, if you want to see the worst thing that's ever been made. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the Room deserves an Oscar compared to that. Nice. A movie that has no ending is the, what was it, 2019 or early 2020s, The Turning. It had no ending. Like, it ended and me and everyone else in the theater were like, huh, what? We're like, wait, that's it? Okay. All right, we'll leave. We'll leave now. (laughs) So, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a very good movie. It's like so, sort of creepy, but like it just it shits the bed at the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the only reason I would ever recommend Dracula 3000 is to like a film student in terms of <laughs> don't ever do this. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond that, no, it should never be viewed by human eyes. It's cursed. <laughs> <sighs> Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> very, my very favorite a horror movie in a theater experience is Freddy versus Jason. Mm, okay. What happened? Uh, I saw it at the Plaza, which in my town was like the ghetto shitty theater, <laughs> which only showed like the horror movies and shit that the respectable theaters <laughs> would not show. And so we went there to see Freddy versus Jason and the credits were barely over before you could see the cherries of like a dozen joints huh. burning in the crowd. Oh, wow. And so the entire crowd got baked <laughs> and watched this movie live. And yeah, that was a great experience. That was, it was a ton of fun. Like Kelly Rowland, when she finally got killed, you know, they're in the third act. Like, the crowd cheered. Like, they hated <laughs> her so much. Uh, I did actually see that in theaters. I don't know why, because I had never seen a Friday the 13th or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie before. 
I did not know the history between these two entities. I've never gone back to rewatch it, but. I mean, it's, <laughs> I love it because I mean, I went into it with the full history, yeah. right? So yeah. I'd seen everything, but even, even without that, I feel like it's a perfect little time capsule <laughs> of that era, that early yeah. 2000s, like new metal era. <laughs> You know, you got Catherine Isabel in it. And yeah, I don't know. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> what has been your favorite horror movie that you've watched so far in 2022? Oh, shit. Uh, that's a good question. 2022. I don't think it came out this year, but I watched it this year. Antlers. Yes. That came out last year. But yeah, no, I really like it. But Antlers. yeah, it came out. It was on streaming this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I caught it. That's a damned good horror flick, man. Carrie Russell yeah. is so good at it. She's good at everything. <laughs> but yeah, Antlers. I love a good like folk horror, Wendigo-esque kind of thing. Yeah. Part of the reason why Stephen Graham Jones, The Only Good Indians, is such a big book for me. Because it's not a Wendigo, but it's that same... Yeah same fee cool yeah no i really liked that movie when i saw it last year because i really there was a lot of atmosphere so yeah absolutely it was i really really enjoyed it i'm trying to think of what's come out this year i guess this year i would say scream um i i really dug scream also because james and chelsea were in it from dead meat (laughs) doing reprise like parodies of their own selves which (laughs) is pretty fun yeah but Jenna Ortega, she's she's killing it. Oh my god, she is just in everything, and she's so good. Like she's in the new Adams Family Wednesday show that yeah. Tim Burton's doing, and I mm-hmm. like I have zero interest in watching that, but I will watch that because of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2022? As much as I hate to admit it, it's probably Halloween. Halloween ends. Yeah. I hated the last one. <laughs> oh, so did I. I I was so mad when I walked out of the movie theater. I was I was really mad at the <laughs> end of it. But at this point, it's like I've watched two of them. Like I gotta watch the damned ending. Yeah. So I guess give me the the ending so I can be mad about all of it. But <laughs> I'm hoping it did. It, it's gonna do me like Star Trek, right? So like the new Star Trek movies. The first one I was like, meh, that was all right. And the second one I was like angry at and then the third one i was like actually that was actually what star trek is supposed to be so i'm hoping that halloween follows the same formula i'm going in with very lowered expectations but you gotta just hope for the best because that and like okay and you can cut this or do whatever you want with no, it but I mean, I, this movie deserves to be spoiled because it's hot garbage but they they spend so much time in the first one and the first half of the second one being like He's just a man. He's just a man. <laughs> and he wears a mask. And then just out of nowhere, they're like, he's not a man. He's supernatural. We can never stop him. And so now he's going to one shot himself through all these villains. And it's like, what, 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 what? That's stupid. That's stupid. <sighs> yeah. That's stupid. If I ever hear the expression evil dies tonight again, I'll kill myself. <laughs> Dead Meats doing a uh, doing their review or their kill count of that this Friday, and oh, I fully expect Evil Dies Tonight to be way overused. In it. <laughs> oh. 
Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you have any unpopular horror movie opinions? Oh, I mean, I imagine so. I like <laughs> a lot of really dumb stuff. Uh, like, I like all the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> like, I, I like dumb horror. So, you know, I, I always dig on something like, you know, Piranha or, I don't know. I mean, two of my very favorite horror films ever, Cabin in the Woods and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Just because of how they play with the tropes and play with the horror. Yeah. And the comedy aspect of it. So, I don't know. What, what was the third Devil's Rejects movie called? Three from Hell. That's what it was. I know a lot of people did not like that, but I dug it. And it definitely felt like a Rob Zombie comic book. <laughs> <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Ooh, man. You know what? I'm going to do a solid for my friend. Uh, Clay McLeod Chapman and say that I would do a remake of Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I've never seen it, but I really want to. It is a solid, like, 70s era horror flick. But he based a lot of what happens in the remaking his horror book off of the events of that movie. <clears throat> so I watched it under his recommendation, and I really dug it. So yeah, to, to, to pay some homage to the guy that got my podcast started, I would do a remake of Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which fits right into the right into the book. So I'm surely cursed. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I have a friend who lives in Connecticut and she lives right down the street from the house. From the oh. Movie. Yeah. And it has a plaque up there and everything. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. I have to spend quarantine the horror villain. I don't know. I guess I would want someone who is like, would do their chores. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you're stuck in quarantine. You want to be doing that all by yourself. Uh, I'm probably going to go with like Norman Bates. He, he ran a hotel. You know, if, if he needed mother like in a room by herself, you know, that's fine. But he ran a hotel. So he knew how to replace, you know, sheets and towels and stuff so he probably knows how to run it i could teach him how to run a dishwasher that's a great answer well thank you so much for being here do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast on the internet yeah absolutely so uh, i am the curator of horror chance for you can find me on twitter at at curator of horror or at terrifying tomes i'm on youtube as terrifying tomes of terror you can find the podcast anywhere and everywhere that podcasts are found yeah i'm pretty much everywhere all right well awesome thank you thank you again and i will see you around on twitter soon sounds great thank you so much for having me here i appreciate it that's it for this week's episode of who's there i hope you enjoyed my conversation with chance Forshee, and thanks again to chance for coming on i'll leave links to his socials and his podcast in the show notes you can follow us on twitter at who's there pod or on instagram at who's there podcast and if you have any questions comments concerns horror movie recommendations or you'd like to be a guest shoot us an email at who's there pc at gmail.com until next time stay scary and get vaccinated